everybody, welcome to The Blacklist, the show where we interview the elite, how they rose to power, and how they stay there. Right now, we have my man, Cody Jefferson. He's an amazing man. Uh, you know, go ahead and give you yourself a quick intro. I mean, I, we can intro. Listen, first and foremost, I'm Stetson's dad. So the, the thing that makes me me is that I, listen, I'm an involved father. I yep. love my kiddo. Uh, on the backside of that, listen, we help good men become great. So we started a company called Embrace the Line about five years ago. We have four pillars, head, heart, health, and habits, how you treat your thoughts, yeah. how you treat your relationships, how you treat your body, and how you treat your time. So we work CEOs, entrepreneurs, founders, in helping answer the questions that uh, money doesn't so yeah. that we can uh, make more money and make more impact. Look, I want to say one thing really quick. Um, yesterday when we had you at the event and you were speaking, um, I, I ended up telling my girlfriend to bring our daughter because you know how you're like, I'm a father first? That's, yeah. that's, in, that's like not, not just impressive, that's powerful. Yeah. And I almost choked up on stage because I'm like, why would I not want my daughter here? You know, I'm like, so anyways, you, you do help men become great. Um, and I want to dive into that. A little I'm proud bit. of you for that, by the way. <laughs> Thank That's you. Big. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, it's all, it's all about perspective. I feel like people don't, people don't realize that. And you give them that, right? I think, yeah. I think a lot of men are, are, are hurting mm -hmm. and they're in a place where, again, they need to look up to people. And I think you're one great example, not a good example. You're a great example. And I want to touch into why. So why do people follow you? And, you know, what's your, what's your message to them? Yeah, so that's a really great question. Why do people follow me? You know, I think there's something to be said about most men who their 60% is someone else's 120%. What does that mean? That means that there are some that can get by with charisma and natural talent, uh, knowing that there's a gap between where they could be and where they are. But there's no level of increased expectation because maybe where they are currently stationed or in life or maybe their current friend circle, things they've experienced, there's a, there's a law of the lid, yeah. right? And so they, they know that there's more, but they don't necessarily know how to get there. They don't even know maybe what that is. Yep. Maybe they've had people around them saying that, well, you should just be grateful. But like this isn't a conversation of being grateful. Right? Yeah. Because you can be grateful and still want more. That's true. Right. And so they look at me, someone who is a pastor for 13 years, someone who came from really, you know, very, very humble beginnings uh, in like rural Oklahoma to, you know, create what I've created and am creating while still, you know, maintaining an incredible relationship, first and foremost, you know, with my son, with my significant other, yeah. with my co-parents and, you know, not sacrificing my soul on the altar, my success, helping them do the same. Yeah. Now, what does that mean, sacrificing your soul, like, or at least to you, you know? What do you see men doing that? Uh... Yeah, I can tell you what it was for me. I can tell you what it yeah. is for a lot of men. You know, when I was in ministry, and it was a great season of life, 13 years, but I didn't know who I was outside of what I did. So my entire identity was shifted and shaped around how I could bring value to someone yep. or a problem I could solve, right? And my identity was wrapped up in a title. Mm. And so the problem with that is, like, you just never say no. And for me, it was very interesting because my job was God and God was my job. And so there really yeah. was no, there was a, like a really great area of not being able to say no, because then am I disappointing, like am I disappointing God? Yeah. You know? And so there comes a point where you keep saying yes to things. You don't even know what you're saying yes to anymore. And we make the mistake of saying that, you know, it, well, it's all for my family. It's all for my kids, right? Like my, my family didn't have money growing up, so I'm making money and it's all for you and you put it on the kid. Right. right? or you put it on the spouse, when really all you're doing, because when you were a kid, your dad was never around and your parents always fought and maybe you know your, your dad drank a little too much at night and your mom was crying in the kitchen, this is what led them to a divorce, so I gotta solve the money conversation, so I'm gonna solve the money conversation by all means possible because then like we'll be good. Yeah. 
but what you're doing is you're continuing the pattern of trauma yep. because what you actually needed as a kid was a healthy, loving relationship from your parents. And so you're just giving them more, more of the same of what you grew up with. You just have more money to buy stuff that your kids don't need anymore. <laughs> yeah. So you sacrifice everything that you thought that you wanted. You sacrifice everything that's actually important to you for what you, what you thought you want. You sacrifice your entire soul, your family, everything that's closest to you on the altar of self, some self-perceived success. Yeah. yeah. Now, you said something yesterday that was super powerful. And you said, if all you have is money, you're broke. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think, like, a lot of people, that's their main thing. They kind of almost make it their God. It's like, yeah. I need to make more. I need well, to make Listen, more. make no mistake. Like, money solves most problems. Yeah. Anybody that tells you that money doesn't solve most problems, they don't make enough money because it solves most <laughs> problems. But what yeah. it also does is it illuminates a series of questions and problems that money doesn't solve. solve. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, what, is the, what, what are the things that money doesn't solve? Yeah, money isn't intimate. That's true. Money doesn't love you back. True. Right. Money's not a relationship. Yep. You know, so for me, I, I look at money less as a way to communicate my value in the world, and I look at it more as a way to get time back. Yeah. Right. Because we, we have a few things, right, that drive us money, time, and relationships. You can, you can lose money and you can make money back. You can lose relationships and you can find healthy relationships again, but you will never get back the time that you spend. So we're either spending or investing. Yeah. And so I utilize, I utilize money, right, and make as much as I can so that I, I can help get my time back for the things that I actually love and mean something. Yeah. And I think you do that really, really well because, like you said, yeah. just this year, I mean, I can say it or you can say it, but you've, you've uh, um, miss, not missed out on, you've rejected $350,000 worth of speaking contracts yeah. because you have a thing where you will never miss your son's game right. or events, right. right? Yeah. Now, what, what can people take away from that? Because for, for people listening, that's a lot of money. And relatively, yeah, yeah, right? I mean, I think <laughs> yeah. any way you look at it, that, that's a healthy sum yeah. uh, of revenue. Listen, you, you've got this. I'm from Oklahoma, so I'm going to quote a country song. You've got to stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Yeah. And so you just got to create a series of priorities in your life. And you've got to create some lines in the sand that say, you know what? This is my value proposition. This is my value system. Yep. And that's it, period. People ask, like, well, how do you do that? It's a non-negotiable for me, period, right? So we use the, the framing of this is who I am, so this is what I do. Yeah. And when... There are going to be days, like we can even take fitness, for example, right? Because health is one of our pillars. Not every day do you feel like going to the gym. Not every day do you feel like not eating fast food. Not every day do you feel like eating the right thing. Not every day do you feel like making those right choices. But, right, like if you go by feelings, you'll sleep in. If yeah. you go by feelings, you'll eat whatever you want. If you go by feelings, you know, we're, we're going to make choices that are contrary to who we say that we are. But if we go by identity, yeah, I don't want to get up right now. But this is who I am. So this is what I do. Yep. Right. When we can frame it around identity rather than the dopamine driven response of, of emotional, um, you know, contradictions that we have with ourselves. Well, now we have a proposition that actually means something and creates a frame around who we become in the process, which is really what purpose is. Yeah. Everybody says, like, I want to find my purpose. Purpose is who you become in the process of building confidence. And confidence is nothing more than doing 
the things that you say that you're going to do and keeping your word to yourself and making that incrementally harder as time goes on. One thing that you mentioned is like, so discipline and identity are different then, right? Like from my point of view, from the way that you said it, mm -hmm. it's like identity is this is who I am. So this is what I'm going to do. But it's not about like, I, I mean, on my end, from what I understood, it's like you're not, it's not because your discipline is like, oh, I want to do this or things like that. It's more like you're confirming that's already who you are. Right. So it's like a part of your. It's a part of your I am statements. Yeah. Right. I am an athlete. So this is what I do. I am a loving providing, protective, yeah. presiding father. So if that's who I am, right, if I can define who I am, and so for anyone watching, listening, if you can define really what you want, like what do I want out of life? Which means you have to define your core values. Yeah. And then from there, it's okay, well, if this is what I want, then who do I have to become? And if we can yes. define who you have to become, well, then we can put a series of habits and action steps in place on a daily basis because we can break this down quantifiably. Yeah. Right? And so okay, this is, this is who I am then, then these are the things that I do that confirm what I say that I want and who I say I want to become, right? So yeah, it's nothing more than a, a, a reaffirmation of the identity that's already inside of you. Now, what do you think about this? So um, I like that. And I've also heard of other people that talk about alter egos, where it's sure. like they, you know, in order to enter a state, they have to become someone else for that moment, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like in your perspective you are that person so you never have to you know transform um but what do you feel about that do you feel like it's a healthy thing to kind of have an alter ego is yeah so like that? that's todd herman uh, the alter ego effect and i yeah. think it's a brilliant book i do think that there listen there's always going to be a gap that exists between who you are and who you want to become right right there's always a gap whether that's a skills gap an income gap a relationship gap a mindset gap there's always going to and that's like that is the journey yep and so if I'm going to say this is who I'm becoming, well, that is very different than who I am now. Yeah. Right? If I say, like, I, I am an athlete and uh, this is the way that my body looks. This is how I visualize it. These are the suits that I wear. But I'm 350 pounds right now. Well, then this very much is an alter ego. Yeah. In real time. Because it hasn't been realized yet. This is who I am because if this is who I say I am and I do the daily action steps necessary over a period of time with consistency, I will become this person. Yep. But I have to visualize who this person is, which may very well be an alter ego because the, the, the confidence and the certainty, right? Confidence, keeping your word to yourself, doing the things that you say that you're going to do, especially the things that you don't tell anyone about, right? And certainty, pushing that towards a direct purpose, right? Like, well then that very much is an alter ego because I don't have that confidence yet. I don't have that certainty yet. That makes so much sense. So I have to step into visualizing who that person is because I don't know yet. Yeah. People always say like, I want to make a, I'm going to think like a millionaire. You don't even know what a millionaire thinks like, <laughs> right? All That's you can so do actually. is visualize what you think you're going to have as a millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. And being a millionaire and making a million dollars in a year are two very different things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, what we can visualize are the, the habits and the mindset and get around uh, a community of people who are at maybe that net worth or are generating that revenue and start to pick up on how they think, feel, act, and believe. Yeah. And you know, through that, we then create the, the idea of, of who will become in the process, start to change our way of thinking, which changes our way of action. That's powerful. I want to go back to, because you know, you're talking about who they should be now or who, who they're kind of aspiring to be. Sure. A lot of men are... Um, just have so much negative self-talk. Yeah. And, and I'm saying this out of experience. I know a few people that, you know, I've been trying to like, you know, 
get your ass moving, dude. Yeah. Like you're staying stuck in that in that like negative field where it's like the it's like life is fucking crushing you, and that's kind of your story of your life. Sure. Um, how do you get someone out of that? Because I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. How do you get out of the frame of life is crushing me? Life is never happening to you. It's never happening at you. It is always happening for you. Right? There are always lessons that can be learned. So if we can, one of the things that we work on is removing an emotional construct. Mm. So you might feel a certain way. Okay, that's totally fine. I feel a lot of different things throughout the day. That doesn't mean <laughs> I'm going to associate my identity to them. Mm, right? and that's powerful. So I might feel sad. Yeah. But I'm not sad because then that's going to mean that I am depressed. Like I don't want to label myself. That's not, I can't assign an emotion to my identity. Right. Right. So I might experience sadness, right? But what's causing me to experience it and how long do I want to experience that? And what can shift my state out of that? And what, um, what is, you know, our greatest teacher is pain so long as we'll learn from it. Yeah. Right. And, and the, the, the problem with pain and trauma is that if you don't transform it, you just continue transmitting it. Yes. So you have to remove the idea that this is happening to you, which puts you in a low frequency victimized state. Yep. Right? And you have to ascend to, okay, this did happen. And if I don't assign any emotion to it, I just look at what happened. What can I learn from this? And who can I become in the process of this? What is life trying to teach me? Yeah. Right? We create a higher vibration for ourselves. And then we're able to solve problems in a more effective way. We're able to see life in a more positive and fulfilling way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the issue is, though, um, from that is I feel like when men try that, they'll try it. Mm -hmm. It works for like, you know, a day or two. Sure. Boom, the negative stuff yeah. starts popping in. How do you make sure it's maintained? Yeah. So that's the gap, right? So remember, there's the gap between where we are and yep. where we want to be, yep. especially mentally, right? No guy wakes up and thinks like, I just want to feel worthless and depressed and like I'm not reaching my potential. Like nobody wakes up wanting to feel that way. Yeah. Right? So we have to recognize what well, we want to feel and experience life here, but we're here. Okay. Well, there's a gap. And inside of that gap, your brain is going to keep you here because it doesn't want you learning or experiencing new things. It doesn't. Why would it? Right? That's true. Yeah. Why, because now it has, it has to learn a new way to live and a new way to have a belief system and a new way to interact with people. And now my stories might not be true. And if my stories aren't true, then my belief system isn't true. Yep. And everything is founded on my beliefs and, and my values. So, again, we have to suspend the belief. Uh, we have to suspend the emotion. Yeah. And we have to say, okay, well, if this is how I want to experience life and this is where I'm at now, these, this is what I do. Yeah. And then we find accountability, right? Because a, a man shouldn't be an island unto himself. Yeah. So one of the things that we found is really, really powerful is when you can get a, a, a band of brothers together that are all focused on moving forward financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, right? When, and, and have fun. Yeah. Right. And celebrate. Men need celebration from one another as much as we need accountability for one another. Right. We, we don't need somebody beside us saying, oh, yeah, cool. So you're that guy now. Oh, well, you're better than us now. Oh, look at look at Ulysses. He's got his own show now. OK, so, yeah, big time. OK, don't remember. Don't forget what you come from. Right? Yeah. So it's not that conversation. It's, dude, I'm so proud of you. I love what you're doing. And this is me speaking directly to you. Like, I am so proud of who you are. I've known you for years now. And the man that you become and the father that you're stepping into, it is incredible to witness. It does something to your soul when somebody that means it speaks into you. Yeah. And so as men, when we can get that, that 
that affirmation from other men, it changes the game. And is that what Embrace the Lion is? Absolutely. It's accountability. It's community. It is camaraderie. It is celebration, right? It is stepping into who you are called to be. Yeah. We, talk about, we talk about potential a lot. We believe that potential isn't something that you have to live up to. It's not your parents' expectations. It's not who your dad thought you needed to be. It's not who the people around you thought you needed to be. It's a promise that you get to live into and from because you're here. Yeah. Created on purpose, with purpose, and for purpose. Yeah. Well, dude, how can people find you? How can people join Embrace the Lion? Because that was phenomenal. Listen, man, you can find me online, CodyJefferson.com. I'm not hard to find. Yeah, Cody underscore Jefferson on Instagram. Listen, I believe we all have a powerful story. And so shoot me a message on Insta, a voice message. Let me know your story. Just let me know that you heard it from this show so that I know to tag it uh, and make sure that I give it a listen. But listen, I'm with you and I'm for you. Thank you, dude. Thank you so much. Absolutely.